This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight is Richard Walls. Hello, everyone. And later on in the show, we'll have Will Bentley. In this week's show, we are kicking off with uh, a film called Vesper. Then we have Take Back the Night, He's Watching, and Crimson Point. Uh, Then we have Demons at Dawn and Reportage, where Will will be joining me on those two. Our short shot this week is Dead End, and we're going to wind up with our throwback, Outpost Black Sun. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film this week is Vesper. Struggling to survive with a father after the collapse of Earth's ecosystem, 13-year-old Vesper must use her wits, strength and biohacking abilities to fight for the future. Unfortunately, I'm the only one who's actually seen this film this week. Um, in fact, I've got a taster I saw... of it. I saw the first 20 minutes. Okay. Um, in fact, I saw this as part of the Mayhem Festival in Nottingham. Um, over the weekend so yeah, plus points for me got to see it on the big screen which um, is very impressive um, this is really good it's got a brilliant bit of world building um, it sets it out at the beginning saying what's happened to the earth you know how, how mankind has tried to combat um, things like climate change and um, uh, famine by tampering with um you know, sort of the, the biosystem, basically. And it's all gone horribly wrong. Um, the, the world actually reminded me a bit. Uh, did you see the film Love and Monsters, Rich? No, uh, but uh, we, we have talked about it. We have talked about it. Yeah, we, we have reviewed it on the show, um, which had a sort of similar idea where the Earth, you know, is, is had its sort of like, you know, biology, its, its DNA sort of rewritten. Um, so, so you get all these sort of wonderful and bizarre types of flowers and plants, you know, the flora uh, that's going on. Um, and one of the sort of integral parts is the fact that there's a characters called Jars, or, um, who are, or Jaris, I think they're called, and, and basically they're humans who've been, or, you know, who've been cloned in a, in a lab. You know, they've been, they've been sort of grown from scratch, basically, to... Um, uh, you know, you use as a sort of slave workforce, you know, they're, they're supposed to be um, not sentient, they're just sort of drones, uh, you know, there's that sort of side to it. Um, there's also these big citadels who control everything, and one of the things they do is they've reprogrammed the DNA of plant seeds so they will only germinate once. So you know, after you've planted your crops and harvested them, then you're going to have to go back to the citadel to get the next lot of seeds that, you know, they're right. not going to re- not going to produce more. Yeah. And, that, and that's how they sort of control what's going on in, in the sort of wider populace. And in the middle of this, we've got this girl called Vesper, who lives with her dad. Her dad used to be um, a bigwig within the citadel, um, but he had an accident. And now he's sort of, he's totally bedridden. He can't move. 
um, his brain has actually been taken out of his body um, and he has this sort of telep telepathic connection to this um, this sort of drone bot thing, this, sort of, this big sort of sphere, which um, <laughs> they, they've sort of painted a face on it, which, mm -hmm. which reminds me of Winston from um, the, um, the Castaway film, you know, the Tom Hanks one. Oh, yeah. And I also thought of um, uh, the uh, the Mace Brothers cyborg uh, soldier. Hmm. I can't remember the title of it. Remember the sort of action futuristic yeah, yeah. film with that that, cool, that um, uh, sort of sardonic robot character, which I guess all goes back to uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. and Exactly. Sort of yeah. 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 Um, so, so, yeah, you know, I think the world building is, is brilliant. This special effects around that sort of thing is great. Uh, you know, have there this seems sort a bit of, like, of a Gilliam aspect to it all. There is, yeah. yeah, but without without pushing it too far, you know. I mean, this 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 really does feel like a lived-in world. Mm. Um, so so the, you know, one of the antagonists is um, Vesper's uncle, who you know he's like the lord of the manor and the, or the sort of the main farmer in the local is that area. Jonas, played by Eddie Marson. Yeah, that's it. And he he controls. A lot of stuff going on, mm -hmm. um, and th then we meet this young woman from the Citadel. Uh, she was in this sort of craft that, that crashes, um, and and she becomes very integral to to, to the story as well. Um, it it builds really nicely, you know. I think it's a little bit too long for its own good, but you know, it's 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 done such a good job of sort of building this world, and it, it gets quite surreal towards the end. There's a bit of action, sort of. Um, probably about three quarters of the way in not not a lot but just just a bit um but i think overall that you know th this is really really good um i thoroughly enjoyed this um i mean uh, you, you only saw the first sort of 20 minutes uh rich as you said but uh, yeah you, you kind know. of got like you say you got a taste for the world building and you know all the the creatures and the the whole thing with the blood and the mm. um the uh like you say, the sort of the slave race, basically, and you know the the, the um, uh, Eddie Marston's characters giving this boy a gun, and he's like, "Kill it!" You know, it's like mm. it, it doesn't feel anything, and at the same time, it's clearly reacting in a very, yeah, very it, uh, it's, emotional it's, way. It, exactly, it's, it's kind of like asking him to kill a pig or something. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's like, oh no, it's just an animal; it won't feel anything. But yeah, yeah of course, of course, it's going to feel something. You know, um, and then yeah, the father was played by Richard Brake. Mm -hmm. you know the genre actor going back i mean the highest profile stuff he's kind of the stuff he's done with rob zombie recently but mm. the um but he's been around for donkey's years um uh did, did working mainly in the working a lot in the uk and stuff but i think he's american or canadian i'm not sure but I, he's very recognizable i quite liked um seeing mm -hmm. him but yeah he's like all in the bed isn't he and uh he's got all the um like you say it's all gritty and grimy and dirty yeah. you know it's uh it's, but at the uh, same time, you know, she's got this, she's got this sort of weird computer thing where she can sort of like map out the DNA of the plants and sort of, you know, all, all that sort of stuff, which is which is all really interesting, you know, the way, the way she's able to sort of try and hack into the the DNA to try and uh, work out how how to re-germinate the seeds, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. it, it it's it is very well done, and and it does well, sort of build. Lot, they've, they've gone to a lot of effort to sort of make this, you know, to try and. Mm. develop it and show it and you know it, it, you know like a, like a you know how like pure like proper science fiction novels really get into the nitty-gritty and start trying yeah, yeah. try and make it completely convincing that this is a thing and they, they seem to have really um 
gone the extra mile. They haven't just sort of thrown something out there. They 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 like exactly. Yeah, they're like developing the idea, sort of trying to trying to grow it to um to create, like I say, uh, make it a fully convincing, fully realized environment. It's the it's got a very sort of post apocalyptic kind of hmm. feel to it in those opening twenty minutes. Is that is that maintained, or does 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 do we get to the citadel and it's all very we never grand do. Or? Yeah, I was no. I was wondering if it what if it ever would, but mm. you know there there are sort of key reasons why we don't, you know. Um, I, th- I thought that it might go in that direction, you know, mm-hmm. so, so you'd end up with that sort of contrast. But um, we, we do get that contrast a little bit because these soldiers from the Citadel turn up and there's a sort of, you know, a real sort of step change between the different levels of technology that are going on. You know, um, so the Citadels have these aircraft and things, you know, um, and, and, you know, these soldiers with, with actual weapons, whereas everyone else is just running around in the mud basically you know that's how it's, so it's kind of haves and have nots kind of thing it is very much that and, and you know as i said they, you know they're, they're desperate to sort of keep the populace in place um there's also this thing that where um you know eddie who do you say it was the the the, the uncle the actor uh, jonas eddie marston yeah eddie marston so um one of the things he has to do in order to get seeds from this you know the citadel is he trades them for blood. Mm-hmm. So, so you've got various people who have to sort of give blood. You know, if, if you want anything from him, you have to give him a couple of pints of blood, you know, mm-hmm. give transfusion. And there's a point where he sort of actually stands around to them and goes, why, you know, why, why do you need the blood? <laughs> he never gets an answer from them, but, you know, there's that sort of element. Um, yeah, his, his character is quite interesting. You know, he, he comes across as kind of, um benevolent and benign but really he's not you know under the surface he's you know um he's a real mean bastard basically I and mean, he's trying to force uh vesper and her dad to sort of leave their own sort of homestead and you know c- come live with his sort of you know w- within his sort of village um and they, he sort of pulls a few sort of things to, to try and force force their hand but yeah, it's it's just really good, you know, really really well done. Really enjoyed it. Um, on that mo- note, I'm definitely giving this an eight out of ten. Um, I believe who, who's releasing this one, Rich? I don't want to get so it wrong. So this is out from Signature. This Signature, is, uh, that's right. This yeah, is yeah. getting a cinema release as well as a premium VOD mm-hmm. release. So most Absolutely. people are going to see it in their homes, but some people will have the opportunity to see it's, it at their yeah, exactly. I, I saw it on the big screen. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, there's some really sort of surreal moments towards the end as well, which, which worked really well. And the, and the final shot, you know, it, it's one of those ones. It's just incredibly satisfying after after everything you've seen. It, it, it just works really, really well. So, yeah, an 8 out of 10 for Vesper. Um, I certainly recommend you go check this one out. Our next review is Take Back the Night. Finding herself the victim of a violent monster attack, Jane launches a vigilante campaign to hunt the beast that tried to kill her. Jane's efforts intensify, but her troubling history of drug use and mental illness bubbles to the surface, causing her family, community and authorities to question the the authenticity of her account. Um, This isn't the first, well, this is one of two films we're covering tonight, Rich. 
mm. um, which leans heavily into things like social media um, yeah. and you know sort of the, the, uh, that side of things and it, it's it's not exactly fourth wall breaking it's almost as if it's a fifth wall in a way um, in in the way that we have you know the public at large sort of commenting on the events of the film mm-hmm. it's weird you know it, it's, it's almost a bit like the film rubber oh yeah yeah you know where you got the the killer tire and then you got an audience sort of watching you got like wings hauser and that are all sitting yeah, in exactly. their deck chairs and stuff. <laughs> all that sort of stuff so um yeah it's, it's an interesting thing it's it's another film which sort of relies on uh, or it's it's another film which merges um, art and horror as well. Uh, we have this sort of young artist um, who yeah it reminded me of because we did painted in blood painted blood recently yeah. so and, and things like bliss things. as well which is another, oh yeah yeah um, and you know we get this sort of thing where, where she's at this party and then leaves and um, you know gets attacked by something in this alley basically and it's it's very much an allegory of um, you know, the, the whole sort of victim blaming culture that, that still sort of surrounds, um, you know, sort of rape, sexual assault, that sort of thing. Um, you know, there's, there's a huge element of that and that is people sort of doubting her story, even when she's trying to sort of capture video footage of, of what attacked her, people are still doubting what, she, you know, what she's presenting them because, you know, everyone's so goddamn jaded. It's like, oh, that was a nice effect, you know, all that sort of bollocks. Um, but I, I did like this. I, I, I like the style of it. The, the opening bit with the party and that and in the alleyway, I thought was very well shot, very well, um, you know, the cinematography was great for that, the, you know, the lighting and everything. Um, the, the sort of camera style, well, you know, really fit it. I mean, sometimes that sort of thing can be a bit jarring, but I think... For this, it kind of worked, I must admit. Um, so, so yeah, I, I was pretty much on board with this one. How about you? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. It was, um, it kind of, I did, I really liked the aesthetic of the film. Mm. Um, the, the director is also the cinematographer, uh, G. Elliott. That's yeah, right. So yeah. she's g- given, or is it G, is she credited in differently? G. Vangieri's, um, this, I think she's credited. On IMDb, she's listed with one name, and it says "as." Thing. So I think she goes. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so she, and she wrote, uh, co-wrote the film with the lead actress Emma Fitzpatrick, uh, who was also really good in it. Very, mm-hmm. it's it is another one of the, as I've commented on recently of the, is she crazy kind of movie, yeah, uh, which we see a lot where you focus on female protagonists as something's happening to her. Is 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 it all um, in her head or whatever? I was particularly reminded of. Uh, a film called uh, looking at different titles it was the, the captive or alone or captives it's got mm-hmm. various different titles but that was the one where the uh, it was she was a victim of human trafficking I believe in that yes. one and it was uh, she went to the house and there was stuff going on and uh, that's right she, she, yeah. she, she was led to believe it was like an inheritance or something but then it yeah. turns out to be actually be her previous captor is yeah. sort of kind of set her up again, yeah. Yeah, so that was that kind of came to mind. I was also thinking in terms of the attack, and because obviously mm. there's the the overtones of sexual assault. Mm. It really made me, and I've never seen it, but it's a film that the idea of it um, 
stuck with me ever since I you know heard of it, which was way back in the in the eighties, called the Entity. Oh yeah, I have seen that. Which is um, yeah, I don't know if I've got the wrong idea about it, but the, the the my understanding of that film was basically a woman is under threat of sexual assault from an a, an apparition. Yeah, or, or from a poltergeist, a, basically, from or something, poltergeist. something so, like that. Yeah, yeah, it is good. It, 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 there are some, you know, weird bits in it, but overall, it was quite a decent film. Yeah, yeah. So I liked the and the the, the social media stuff again. That kind of reminded me of the Columnist, which mm-hmm. was the, fi- the film yeah. we watched. Uh, uh, I think it's like Swedish or Danish. Um, Danish, I think. Yeah. And yeah, so there's there's lots in here that's you know because that was all social media and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, yeah, I think the character, the um, character of Jane, and you know, uh, the way she's portrayed, way the way she's acted, the performance uh, works really well. The, the the makeup and stuff is fantastic of the bruises and things yeah. that she gets. You know, that all that's very interesting. The visual effects on uh, when they appear are, are quite. Uh, I'm not quite sure about them, uh, mm. but the, the, it's it's kind of got. Uh, it could go two ways on that but it wasn't it wasn't detrimental but the overall i thought i thought it was really good i was very drawn in really liked it a lot and i would probably watch it again mm-hmm. yeah definitely I, I i really did like this it's it's interesting as well but you know the the whole sort of like um sort of trial by social media aspect of it um mm-hmm. is it's quite resonant at the moment uh, because there's something going on with um there's a woman from OnlyFans. I won't go into too much detail about it, but it, there is this sort of element where she sort of come forward and sort of, um, you know, made made a statement about her sort of marital issues, mm-hmm. and it is it is that case of sort of you know trial by media kind of thing because people are sort of, you know there's a lot of victim shaming because of her background on OnlyFans and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which, which you know, it's it's incredibly distasteful to be honest. That sort of the way it's been handled, but but you can see, you know, it, whether or not you agree with the sort of you know the, the language being used, you can see how realistic that sort of situation would be, and how people, you know, these are supposed to be her fans, mm. and they're t- sort of turning on her and all this sort of stuff, and you know, disbelieving her, and it, it's um, yeah, there's definitely a sort of realistic element to to the way it plays out, I think. So overall, Rich, how are you going to score it? I I feel like giving this an eight. Mm, yeah, I think I agree with you. Yeah, uh, two eights for Take Back the Night. Go check it out. Our next review is He's Watching. A brother and sister discover a presence in their home while their parents are in the hospital suffering a mystery illness that seems to only affect adults. The siblings team up to discover what the presence is and how to escape it. Um, This is sort of the the other film I was alluding to, um, which has this sort of very savvy sort of um, media approach to to what it's doing. So, So we've got these two you know, young teens, basically. Well, one's a young teen, the other's younger, who, you know, basically keeping a video diary of their life without their parents, um, who are in hospital, I suppose there's a huge allusion to um, COVID 
basically, but you know, I think the idea is it might be something even weirder. Um, and then sort of realizing that something's sort of messing with them inside the house um, as they go. Um, at first, I was not sure about this. Yeah, when it's just sort of the two kids sort of like just doing shit and playing pranks on each other and all that sort of crap. I, oh God, no. And you're, and you're not a kids in movies kind of guy. I, are you? I am not a kids kind of you know, movie. And kind this of guy is movie really. anchored by the kids. They, the kids are pretty much the only characters. Exactly. <laughs> However, I think it gets to a certain point, probably about two thirds of the way in, um, when there's this incredibly strange dream sequence involving these two kids. And part of it is fueled by like, like a DVD cover. It turns out that their parents, or at least their dad, is a film and TV producer. And he's made like a couple of horror films and things. And one of the DVD covers they find has, you know, sort of some key imagery on it, which turns out to be sort of subliminally in their head, you know. So, so you get these sort of dream sequences, uh, which are kind of freaky, like when the people are sort of painted all in red. Mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and and that sequence was really really good um and it was really well edited really well put together and and the film kind of built from there for me you know that's that's when i started to sort of really engage with it um until the end and it's like okay what did i just watch you know by, by, by the end of it um but i i can kind of forgive it that you know when we get that sort of epilogue um it's it's just a weird Weird, weird sort of setup at the end. How do you get on with this one, Rich? But, uh, a bit like better than I thought I was going to, because when it starts, I thought it was a found footage movie, mm. and then you quickly realise by you know, if, I mean, it is sort of home video camera. It's kind of the whole thing. It's, it's kind of a hybrid, isn't it? But yeah, yeah it's a hybrid because mm. you get to certain, you have certain bits, and it's like, well, that that can't be found. That can't be the found footage. That's mm. you know, it's, it's, it's just they've added in the. She's walking around with the camera. What they do the whole? Why are you yeah. filming this kind of you know thing? Mm. You know the Blair Witch Project thing sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, so I suppose Blair Witch is a reasonable comparison because that was a very you know low tech yeah. you know sort of um, thing. But the thing that the film that came to mind for me was Hellbender, uh, probably because we've watched it so really recently, but also yeah, yeah. because that is another case of a family made film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director uh, has cast his two children to make a film during the pandemic, uh, reflecting on the pandemic, although not, like you say, it's not, in the movie, it's kind of a different thing. Mm. It could be, could be, you know, any sort of um, thing that's happened, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the, that's what it's commenting on, it's reflecting on, it's, it's acting out, it's using that. And I think it does that quite well. There's uh, certain bits that, you know, some, yeah. uh, somebody comes up to the door and holds up a sheet of paper and says you can't go out or, or whatever, and they or they go to mm. people's houses and they can't be let in. And there's there's a bit more. They don't just stay in the house, but it is very house based. Yeah. Um, but I think, and it's again, it's probably the the director's home. Uh, I got that. But the difference is with this one is this is this the director of this because I'm just looking at his um, his filmography. He's worked in much bigger budget fare, you know, whereas mm-hmm. Hellbender, that, that family, they make those indie low budget movies. Yeah. This guy, his his previous film was a Blumhouse movie with yeah. with David Ayalowo and um, and uh, McKelty uh, Williamson and stuff yeah. like that. So 
he this is kind of a frustrated artist kind of but he, he, that's he's exactly clearly, right he's yeah got, this, he's, this is he's not able to make something sort of yeah thing, so he's yeah. made it during lockdown to uh, uh to sort of keep himself sane and and, well, and, his, and his family's going. sane probably yeah, yeah well so. probably I, don't, I don't wonder how, how his kids felt about how mm. bit but look, i thought the kids were really good i thought, I thought they so. were very, they were pretty convincing uh yeah. i thought they did quite a good job the, the whole all the ideas that it's bringing in it's mm -hmm. very you know it is uh, experimental in the same way as like um, Hellbender it's was. It's like a fever speak. dream, isn't it? Basically, yeah. So, they add in he adds so in all these like... different elements and stuff, and it does keep your interest. There's, mm -hmm. you know, it is familiar. We've seen, you know, like, like so many things, we've seen a lot of this before. But um, the uh, the sort of there's this kind of boogeyman sort of character who appears. That's quite well done. Mm. Um, but the, it's quite the the sort of realistic sort of. Backbiting, not backbiting, but you know the bickering and stuff. You know, yeah, brother, yeah, sister, sibling rivalry, up, sibling rivalry and stuff going on, and you know, because you would. I mean, they're living together. They, they don't, oh, yeah. you know, bro, bro, siblings, you know, rub each other up the wrong way anyway. And now they're in this situation where they're they're stuck mm -hmm. together, and they haven't really got any choice. And they, and so, at times they don't trust each other, uh, mm -hmm. and it's all getting a bit. And so they don't really know what's going on. And then they're talking and saying, you know, oh, I've discovered this video and. And whatnot, and mm. I thought they played that. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was, um, it it was, it. I'm not a big lover of these sort of lo-fi kind of movies, mm. but I thought I quite, I quite, I I I thought it was good what they achieved, and also um, I quite, I quite enjoyed some of the playful stuff like the end credits. Yeah, yeah. Which oh, yeah, that was in, good. In a, yeah. And the, I think even the opening credits as well. I mm. uh, can't remember, but the. Um, how that's all very homemade and they put these intertitles in and stuff to sort of tell the story and sort of do um, like these captions that say, well, <laughs> you know, a few weeks have gone by and <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's sort of, right. <laughs> these strange little um, uh, novel sort of creative um, bits that are a bit different to what you might see in a, in a mainstream movie. So I think, yeah, if people came across it or give it a chance or whatever i think they'd probably get uh, quite a lot out of it i think i think so know, quite enjoy yeah. it yeah this is you know it's a low budget film but it's, it's definitely got some yeah, good ideas some very budget. very good sort of visual ideas as well yeah. um you know I, I personally do not like films centered don't like horror films centered around kids too much um but even so you know there, there was some really good elements to this so on that note, Rich, how are you going to score this? I'm going to give it a... Uh, yeah, because I, th I think it's really good what they pulled off, and especially mm -hmm. the kids and stuff. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7. I'm giving it a 6 out of 10. So a 7 and a 6 for He's Watching. Go check it out. Our next review is Crimson Point. After serving 20 years in prison for the murder of his daughter, Frank returns to his backwards hometown. Old wounds and rumours of the past resurface and haunt him as he tries to find out who really killed her. Who would have thought, Rich, that in this day and age we'll be watching C. Thomas Howell in an art house thriller? Yeah, That's well, so certainly compared to the, um, you know, we, we've got used to seeing him in more like Asylum mm, kind of movies. These days, yeah. This is, I think, I, uh, without sort of tipping my hat too early, I think this is definitely 
uh, a cut above for the kind of fare that he's generally been offered as far as I can see I mean in terms of what I've seen there's possibly other really mm. good stuff out there that I haven't seen but I, I was I was really surprised at the role that he's been given here and how how he played it yeah absolutely I, you know he's, he's sort of turning this performance as a sort of well you know he, he could almost be um oh who's the guy from Roadhouse Sam Elliot, oh, Sam Elliot. He, could, he could almost be Sam Elliot's younger brother you know <laughs> um in this one he's got that sort of real grizzled appearance you know the gray hair you know i don't know because when you say when you say the name c thomas howell i immediately think of the hitcher or, or things like that yes. you know um and to see him now it's like oh christ you know we're old <laughs> we've got old well at least he has um but he's brilliant at this you know he's basically playing um, the character Frank in, in two different sort of time zones or three three yeah. different time zones kind of um, you know as we see flashbacks of him with his with his young daughter and then when she's sort of a bit older uh, with, with a friend um, and, and his sort of relationship with them um, and then we sort of get this sort of subplot about the sheriff and you know him sort of stepping down and this new guy sort of taking over. Um, then if you recognise that was a guy from Puppet Killer. No, I didn't. Okay. So yeah, the, the, um... it's it's a, this is a slow burn. This isn't yes, definitely. You know, this a isn't burn. a you know he's out for revenge. Well, he, okay, he kind of that's is, kind of how but, they're selling it, but no, it's not. But but no, it, it's it's more you know, and, and there are reasons why it's not that kind of film as as we find out. Um, but you know, it is very measured. It, it's just full of great performances, basically, in this mood. The, the only thing really was was some of the editing of the flashbacks, the way, the way they were sort of dropped in, didn't really sort of gel with me. But other than that, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. How about yourself? Yeah, I like, yeah, it's it is. It's it's another sort of slow burning thriller. There's a lot of psychological aspects to it. Mm. Um, the it's non-linear. It was reminding me of Shot in the Dark, which is literally. I think last week or, or the week before we, yeah. we covered that, but that was another thing of kind of an event happened. What really happened? Mm. You know, chopping and changing, going over, very slow burn kind of thing. Uh, the, also, um, the, this is this is a cut above, not just for for um, C. Thomas Howell's performance, his, his role in his performance here, but also the quality of the the film in terms of how it looks. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's really um, beautifully shot. And the uh, although it feels familiar, I thought, and you know, it does go down some 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 well-worn paths. Mm -hmm. I think it 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 does what it, it you know it does what it's trying to do well. Uh, yep. it, you know, it, it, you don't mind too much. I think there's some there's some risky choices in there. Uh, the yes. visual visual effects on some of the sort of fantastical bits they throw in. Mm -hmm. They did. They didn't have. That's where the budget limitations are showing. Uh, yeah. But but the the rest of it looks really really good, um, really sharp. Yeah. And yeah, I think you, there's not a lot to the. It's quite a basic sort of simple. Um, I'm sorry, I sort of liken it's, it to a procedural. Yeah. Because it's it's all like you don't know exactly what happened, and it's all about you know eventually breadcrumbs are dropped mm -hmm. and then they'll do a big you know sort of tell you exactly what what the score is 
towards the end of the film and i think it maintains your interest you're curious you know they, they're throwing all this stuff out like uh is, is was he to be trusted did he do the thing they mm. think he did was he a sexual predator uh and you know is he a really bad guy and he's definitely seems to be sort of playing up to that uh, yeah. or, or or if he's not if it's not he's either actually like that or he's playing up to it you're not quite sure he's a very uh he's a character who's you don't really uh, inscrutable is that the word you don't, you yeah, don't yeah. really know yeah, he you don't really get to know him character. yeah you don't know who he is well, really. only only through the flashbacks you yeah know, that's where we get to sort of know him but yeah the the makeup and i mean the stuff of him in the older i don't know if they've mm -hmm. made him look older but when they go back to the flashbacks and that that mm -hmm. you know it works either, either way you know he does look fairly you know convincing in the younger yeah, yeah. younger scenes as well as he does mm -hmm. in the in the in the uh old man howl mm -hmm. scenes yeah no I, I think it's a great performance and and it's great to sort of see him get the opportunity to to do something like this um i i, I will liken it a little bit to a film we covered a couple of weeks ago called ash and dust with um, oh yeah because i didn't see that one yeah but um th this is a better film it, you know it's it's not as choppy um you know the the the, uh, the flashbacks make sense <laughs> and things like that um, and, and I was really surprised with a couple of the narrative choices they went with as well. You know, there's, there's things that happen at the end, which you probably won't expect. But yeah, I, th I thought it worked really well. Uh, scores on the doors. I'm going to give that another seven. I'll join you on a seven for that one. Two sevens for Crimson Point. Go check it out. Our next review then is Demons at Dawn. Uh, this follows a retired hitman who is blackmailed into taking one last job. During his mission, he uncovers an, an elite satanic cult that uses human sacrifice to summon demons. I think that synopsis only scratches the surface of what we have here, Will. Um, yeah. <laughs> there seems to be more going on. Um, um, Weirdly, this this kind of has a sort of wraparound story, doesn't it? Because it starts off in a in a, an American prison, mm. um, and then sort of jumps back to England, where we get introduced to our eponymous hero, mm. and then uh, at the end we get this this other sort of weird little bit. It's, it's almost as if it's sort of um, you know they needed to fill out the runtime somehow. <laughs> it's weird. I honestly, <laughs> it, it, the two. The two bits of the story really don't. They do. I, I was finding it hard to kind of connect them because after the mm. after the American intro in the beginning, and it sort of goes to like I don't know, rural, wherever it is, somewhere in the UK. Um, I think Wales. Where was it? Wales. Possibly. Yeah, I think that's um, where he ends up. Yeah, he thinks starts in yeah. London and goes to Wales. I think it's like yeah. Anyway, I think and and it's um. I could be wrong about that. I don't know why I thought that, mm. but like, um. It, it's really you just sort of completely forget about the you know the american connection it's just sort of yeah there's occasional, oh, yeah, occasional totally, reference. totally yeah <laughs> it totally goes out of your head because because yeah. nothing actually happens really i mean they you know this, this um sort of asian american woman turns up to berate this guy who owes a not a lot of money I think in the, in the, in the grand scheme of things not, yeah you could get a payday loans cover his 
yeah, to cover what it is, so get amigo loans yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah well, you could you could do that and then not have to worry about being assassinated while in prison. It, absolutely, yeah. There's a lot of people out, out with his blood, apparently. But never mind that, because we jump straight over to England, uh, where we have this guy called Randy, um, who's a bit down on his luck with the cards, um, and been sort of coerced into the, um, you know, the the. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the the, the classic sort of one oh, last job. job. Basically, yeah. I mean, who who yeah. want who who in their right mind in, in a fictional story would take on one last job? It never yeah, ends up. You'd, it never ends like, well. You'd be like, no, I think I'll probably find a different way of making some cash. I'll sell some blood or something. I'll give yeah. give a kidney, anything like that. You yeah. Know, but, yeah, because this is obviously going to go south immediately. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, so he's offered this one one last job to go and see this guy, or, or you know, I, I can't remember the, the full details. Is he meant to kill him? I think he's meant to kill him. Um, yeah. Except when he gets there, he finds the dude is already dead. Um, yeah, and... which you know, at which point are we thinking? Job done. Right, Let's then. go. <laughs> I'll, I'll just uh, take a take a photo of this and uh, and or I don't and know, leave. Maybe... Exactly. Yeah, unless, unless he's like, I don't know, I mean, cut his head off or something and take it. Here's proof, yeah. right? Can I have the money? Goodbye. No, it wasn't even, and that was it. It wasn't even money, was it? It was just like. Mm. They weren't. They were just like, oh, we'll yeah, just know, we're going to absolve your debts or something. Yeah, was, we'll just like we'll just let you live. Sort of yeah. Right, okay, dude's already dead. I I'm off the hook. Yeah. I think I'll go, but not not our boy. No, no, no. He decides to hang around. Um, now this this is sort of an interesting point because he he meets this woman inside this house, uh, and they have a bit of a, a kerfuffle, um, and it it's it's kind of weird because. Her character and her either husband or ex-husband's character who turns up aren't in any way sort of integral to this story. Mm. And it's almost as if, and I do kind of like this idea, it's almost as if they're from a different film. Yeah. Just happened to, because they've got this whole backstory, you know, they're, they're talking about stuff that we've got no clue. Yeah. You know, this sort of point of reference, but, you know, it, it's it's kind of like um, uh, Mr. Pink yelling at um, Mr. White in in Reservoir Dogs before we actually know what's happening. Yeah, and sort of spilling all these details. You know, we were set up. You know, the cops were waiting for us and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. You kind of get that sort of feel from these two. Um, of, do you think that's going to be a thing? That's going to be like one of the next projects. These two, what, what, whatever <laughs> they're this kind of Bonnie and Clyde. I don't, I don't know, but I don't, yeah, I mean, it would have to be a prequel, but um, <laughs> yeah, well, spoilers, yeah. <laughs> spoilers. But, um, but I just do like this idea of um, other characters sort of acting in their own film, you know, mm. it, it's mm. so rather than just having a story in isolation and everyone serving that story, you know, they've, they've got their own agendas, they've got their own things mm. going on, which sort of, you know, yeah. orbit around it. Um, mm. one, one of my favorite, my favorite examples of this. I, I don't know if you've seen um, S. Darko, the sequel yeah. to Donnie Darko. Yeah, right. it's not a bad film at all. Actually, it's, it's not a really. Yeah, I, I talk about it a lot. <laughs> on this it's podcast. good. No, it's really, it's, it's really good. But um, there's there's a bit in that where these two guys turn up in the middle of all the weird shit that's happening, and and these two they're basically men in black. And they just, you, you just see them walking around town every now and again or walking into one of the restaurants or stores or bars or whatever. 
you know, and they never have any dialogue, but they're just there. And it's like, <laughs> you know, there's a whole men in backstory just sort of orbiting what was actually going on, which I thought was the whole time loop thing that was happening. Yeah, exactly. You know, they've been sort of drawn there for a reason. But um, yeah, I, I just do like that sort of idea. The, the, obviously, the danger is not to make it more interesting than your central narrative. Yeah, than your yeah. issue. You know. Yeah, which at the point it was happening, kind of that is what happened. To be fair, because mm. the the I think that the like the, you, the what was happening in LA at the start was mm. was quite um, you know there, there was quite a lot going on and it advanced itself quite quite well and then it, I think it took a really bloody long time to. Yeah, when it when he when he got to the UK, it was like it was the that kind of quite ponderous one last job setup, and then he mm. sort of goes ends up in in you know in in the place and sees that his his target is already. Well, he has yeah you know, he, he has to go through he has to basically go through two interviews, doesn't he? I mean, before he gets yeah. it because because he's got his what his guy um, uh, Reggie sort of, sort of giving him the job in the first place. Yeah, did you um, recognise him by the way? Um, I, I know he's called Bill Cups Culbertson, but I'm not sure where he's from. Was he? Well, the the, the Reggie guy. The, Reggie, the, um, yeah. I thought I could have sworn it was Nick Con. Really? <laughs> was it not? No, apparently not. I didn't. I didn't actually check the credits, but I was like, oh, right. "Blimey, that's like." I was thinking that was their their sort of box office draw. Yeah, <laughs> Nick Con. But, but um, I mean, do you not think he was the dead spit? Of I, I, I never watched these senders ever. Yeah, I, I especially in the early years, you know, early um, years of it. But then again, my mate Richard Neal, he 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 used to be the spitting image of Nick Hon. So really, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, 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 he did. yeah. He did. <laughs> he, he, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. So so yeah, you know, he has this whole thing with the, the jobs laid out for him, and then he has to go see the the Asian American lady at this sort of like S and M club. Yeah. Um, and then go across to Wales. It's like, okay, you know, <laughs> weird sort of setup. But then, you know, it's as you say, it's like, well, it had its motor running, and then it stalled, and then you, you, yeah. you're having to give it a bit of a push start to sort of get it going again. Um, but in, you know, it it it, it does get interesting. The, the the thing with the sort of the the, the woman and the um, sort of the ex. They they just sort of bicker for a bit, and and, and so our guy Randy, he God, no, he, he must be off having a poo or something, you know. For, for, because then, yeah. he, then he just sort of walks in the room. He's like, oh hello, you know, sort of, yeah. Oh, what's going on here, sort of thing. But um, it was yeah. I mean, overall, I thought this was fun. There there, mm-hmm. there there are some sort of weird bits, like um, the fact that the gun that he and this other girl have only has one bullet in it. Um, there's a the whole bit with the, the girl's sister. Which I, I think was some very dubious choices for the um, the hero to make at that point. Um, he wasn't really a hero, was he? He wasn't really. Well, yeah. The the classic part of the film is when he's given this ultimatum of, you know, give us your firstborn and we'll spare yeah. your life. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going. So you really let me go? <laughs> he thought. Yeah, he thought. He thought about it. He, he thought, thought really it. long yeah. and hard about it, which it, I just it, thought was like, great. He's just yeah. not a hero at all, is he? No. Yeah, I don't no. know what he was. I mean, it actually, to be to be honest with you, it was like that. Yeah, that was good because you know they they'd really set him up to be an absolute. He was a he was a bum, wasn't he? He was like yeah, yeah. a sort of chronic gambler, and he was in the right state. And mm. he's not really being offered one last job. He's being told do it all. 
yeah. we'll do you in sort of thing you know Absolutely. it was a yeah, yeah. it wasn't, a wasn't it wasn't the best offer in the world and then that kind of sealed like actually he is a bit of a heel mm. um uh you know but he was quite interesting the way yeah he was, he was a good he was a, he was a good character from that point of view um, yeah absolutely was, yeah very different to what you'd expect um mm. now you know we, we we can't get away from the fact that this was shot on a shoestring shoestring yeah. shoestring um yeah. you know there, there is no money in this at all really having said that you know this isn't your typical running up and down corridors kind of film you know it has multiple locations mm. which is quite good like we said we talked about the you know the, we've got the jail cell we've got the club mm. you know the mm. casino we've got the house you know there's this mm. is it, it you know there's there's quite a lot um sort of going on the, there is. the a, lot the, of static, the, a lot of static shots which is kind of what marks it out as being yeah, static shots and and sound effects are, are, yeah. are the two re- real bugbears of low budget films. I think you know, and and they, 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 there's many a film which could have benefited from you know a bit more money in the in the sound sound effects department. Mm. But mm. Um, you know, the, I thought the the demon masks were pretty good. You know, yeah, they were. Um, yeah, that, 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 the, that yeah, really the effects, the cre- creature effects. Yeah. Weren't, thought, weren't bad. There were there were actually some really quite original. The the one that kind of comes and threatens him when he's on the sofa before the mm. mysterious man kind of comes through the door. I thought that was like that was like a really interesting take on it. That was I think from for my mind, you know, this sort of weird long haired, pale face. Yes, she was really good. Yeah, because that was one. the most that was really frightening because it was like yeah. you know the rest of them were sort of, they were they were scary but they were quite OTT quite Fangoria. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know what what you'd expect, and they were good. But that one was actually genuinely, you know, yeah, genuinely her, her makeup was creepy. done really really well. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Overall, yeah, I I think this is quite enjoyable. I think it could be a little bit shorter than than it is. Um, yes. And, and and mainly because of that sort of wrap around. But it's like the you know we we, we get a sort of conclusion to what's going on with with Randy and, and this woman and this weird guy, and then. We get this whole other scene back at the prison, you know. Yeah. Um, which, which didn't really answer many questions for me, if I'm honest. Not really. No. Um, I, th- I think, I think then, it's sort of allowed three... to know who was actually in charge. Yeah. Oh, and then, that's about it. And there was the three, the three kind of, you know, the three sort of people who were like on disciplinary. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you know, they, they were just sort of sat having lunch in, in kind of what appeared to be a deserted country club. Yes, um, you know, and, and that was, and it's like that's just a weird way to to sort of end it, you know, to end a film like this. It's just it, sort of. It was a bit. Yeah, I suppose what it's sort of trying to say is like there's more to come, I guess, or yeah, you know, maybe more maybe more with that sort of coven. Yeah, and again, it sort of speaks to that idea that sort of the story we're presented with is only a part of a bigger yeah. sort of narrative, which which I think is fine, but maybe it needed a bit more. Yeah, I sort think of that was it. Sort of really... It was. To, it was it's that thing of less is more, you know, leave people mm. guessing and trying to work it out themselves. And it's like, yeah, but you were too sparing. And I couldn't work out how this kind of weird organized mm. crime group that were like a sort of, it, it, they they seemed like a pyramid scheme the way, you know what I mean? Like the way <laughs> it they did. It really did. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing, you know, there's, there's been quite a few films recently where they, you know, they've kind of shot themselves in the foot when it comes to their villains, because they show them as being too fallible, 
you know, yeah. um, and it's at least sort of lose their menace a bit. And and I think that's the thing here. They these guys seem a bit too desperate yeah. for what they want. You know, yeah. When they're all sat there, like you know, and it's all that kind of sort of paranoid. Oh no, you know, who's we're for, we're for the chop if we don't pull our act mm. together. And it was all like sort of what's that? Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yes, that's of... exactly what I was just thinking. Except, yeah, it's it's Glenn Gary, Glenn, Glenn Ross. If um, Alec Baldwin hadn't been on screen, you know, <laughs> if, if you take him away from the from the film and just have the others shit themselves over the fact that they're not yeah. meeting their targets, then that's yeah. kind of how this film builds up at the end. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. weird. It was just a weird ending to like. Well, hang on, you just had a bloke in in like rural Wales fighting demons, and, yeah. and then. And then it's this. Like here we are. Here we are in Folsom County Jail, sort of like you yeah. know, <laughs> sort of dealing with a snitch or whatever. He, he yeah, and, yeah, and and <laughs> then in 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 a kind of conference hotel where you just expect them to get a flip chart out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was really it was, it was odd. It was it was very odd. I I enjoyed it, but it was highly. It was really strange. <laughs> it was very strange. Yeah. Um. Okay. So out of a score of ten, how are you going to score this one, uh, Will? Um, all in all, I think it was hugely ambitious, and I think, like you said, it was it was extremely low budget, and you could see, but they really they were painstaking with it, and it mm. was entertaining. So I couldn't give it less than a seven mm. without feeling cruel. But it was, you know, it did suffer from like those things that low budget filmmaking does. That's it's hard to it would be hard to sort of give it, you know, more. I don't want to feel grudging, mm. um, but the production. I think got in the way of a decent story. I think so. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I definitely give it merit for, you know, not just being set in the house. Um, yeah. for one thing. Um, I did, I did like the use of the house as well. Cause you know, it was just a normal sort of typical three bedroom sort of like council house yeah. or whatever, you know, yeah. um, you know, not some t- typical, you know, the, the a of, exactly. A lot of American films would go for, you know, sort of some, mm really spacious sort of thing this is quite cramped like like there's a scene where um, mm. randy's having to go upstairs and it's sort of typical sort of cramped sort of you know british mm. staircase yeah but, um so, so i definitely commend it on that um but I, I overall i'm giving this a six out of ten uh not far off mm. where, where you are it's definitely entertaining mm. um but yeah um you're feeling sterner about the production values aren't you a little bit yeah it, it um it's yeah a bit of polish bit a bit more um, you know, maybe a run through more of the dialogue. There, there was one line which I yeah. thought was hilarious about, um, you know, we, we don't have time to discuss demonology when you when your life's on the line or something, something like that. Sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and, and, yeah, it's not a conversation that would be being had, is it? You know, like, <laughs> no, people are really. going to be traumatized and wondering how they can get out of this situation. It's like, yeah, you could yeah. just cut, you just you slim down that yeah. dialogue a little bit in that point, yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, manage your expectations. This isn't a big budget film. Um, but having said that, it is definitely entertaining and you mm. should go check it out. So it's a six and a seven for Demons at Dawn. Our next review is Reportage, also known as Reportage November. A mysterious death of a mother and the disappearance of her child leads a group of freelance journalists to the outback of Sweden. The group of four, led by the famous journalist Lynn Soderquist, will make a reportage about the happening and try to find something the police missed. 
Equipped with cameras and supplies to survive in the forest for days, they wander out in the woods to find the truth. Um, this is the kind of found footage film I really like. You know, this is dressed up as if it was a proper documentary, yeah. you know, complete with talking heads, uh, with people sort of, like, you know, filling us in on, on background, who they are and stuff. And it has a real... Um, you know, uh, authentic feel to it as uh, well. Mm. You know, um, so so we got this. You know, th this setup. There's a mysterious um, death of this woman and the disappearance of her child. Um, mm. We find out that um, you know that the police haven't really done a lot to investigate it. Uh, overall, that you know, the uh, the father or the uh, sort of the husband of, of the missing mm. woman or the dead woman mm. is pretty distraught. Um, and, and this um, film crew have been sort of put together by a, I don't know, sort of a, a mysterious company mm. who, who are backing them to sort of do this, especially this guy, uh, Lynn uh, Soderquist. Um, and he's sort of brought in sort of people who are well-known in the field or, you know, freelance journalists mm. and that sort of thing to, 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 to go out in the wilderness with him. It's not long before we start to realise that something's up. Yeah, um, I I mean I texted you actually when I was when I was watching <laughs> it because like it it really it really doesn't take long until you're you're I don't know I mean like I don't want to be very I don't want to be spoilery mm. um, with this because I actually um, I mean I I really I really thought this was was very good um, on on a lot of points. Mm. There's only a few things that I'll take issue with and say that's unfortunate and that you know they they you know kind of were a bit kind of stuck in the throat a little bit about it but on the whole it's a brilliant film but like i did text you because i was like mm. hmm, this character is clearly a wrong one <laughs> you know what the hell how come no one is like you know because if i was there on that crew i'd be like uh, no okay stop me there um <laughs> mm. you know what the hell what the hell are you doing you know and you're sort of receiving mysterious phone calls and then not you know like in the middle of a in the middle of a critical point like you're talking to the bereaved husband yeah, like, what's exactly. yeah, yeah. Like, where, where where's your head at on this particular yeah project sort of thing um that that's you know do you want to do you want to tell us what's going on yeah you'd, you'd have thought they'd have taken them to task on it wouldn't they they just straight, just, straight oh, away there we go. yeah let's, let's yeah start. okay back to one you know yeah you know what the hell you know like <laughs> this is that that but that was that was genius to my mind because i immediately i mean it was it was it was very obvious but it was like you're immediately thinking this isn't right you know like mm. they're talking to they're talking to this 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 chap who's like you know lost his lost his family this is a, and and he's he's moaning about not having been taken seriously and everyone's everyone's ignoring yeah. it and the producer takes a mobile phone call and starts off yeah. the treat and you're like what? I know. exactly <laughs> because he's just he's he's just telling them like um oh you know I, I, they wouldn't even allow me to see the body you know yeah. that that would be okay that's that's uh, interesting the oh uh, phone call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, um, I don't, I don't think you're showing a proper attitude here. Mm -hmm. um, and we're all, we're all here because you've kind of, you're, you're supposed to be, you know, pulling this thing together and like leading us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what's going on? <laughs> yeah. One, one of the, um, one of the other really interesting parts about that, but that particular interview is, is that all of a sudden, yeah, because because they're picked up from this train station, they're, they're in the back end of Sweden. You know, which yeah. has this sort of huge 
you know forest area where where, where you know not many people go and um because you can get lost and die yeah basically very quickly <laughs> not, not yeah. supernaturally but just because no, no, the just, temperatures are well below zero just because it's such it's a shitty mass- place to be yeah, yeah and it's huge so, and you're so, miles from anywhere yeah so they're picked up from the station by this woman who's all very jolly and stuff and sort of takes them to the um you know where this this guy lives the the bereaved husband and mid-interview, suddenly you hear the, del- the doors slam and she drives off. And yeah. it's dumped all their, qu- their kit there going, you can go from here. And it's like, okay, yeah. what? I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, pick you, I'll pick you up in two days. And you're yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and for a bit of context, she's like the local guy. Yeah, of. that's right. Yeah, yeah. She's supposed to be the local and, guy. Yeah, and she's got, she knows what, what they're doing. They're about mm. to embark on, on, a, on this kind of research fact-finding mm try and see what they can find out in these remote woods, see if they mm. can find any clues that the perfunctory police search didn't. They're yeah. going to be out there for two days. It's winter and they're strangers mm. in the area. And she's like, oh, I've got something to handle. Um, I'll see you in two days. Bye. And you're yeah. like, that's it. That's their, that's their support gone. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will she even be there after two yeah. days? You know? I would have been going back to the train station at that point. Yeah, exactly. But, um... But yes, into the woods they go. Anyway, one of the one of the issues I had, uh, and they did actually kind of clear this up later on, is from a found footage point of view, um, there are a couple of shots where they somebody must have run ahead, planted their camera, gone back, just so they could film the four of them sort of trudging through the forest. Yeah, there's only four. You know what I mean? There's only yeah. four of them. But they actually do that later on. There's a bit where they actually do sort of set up the camera, put it down, and then all stand in front them, of it, do, do, doing, their, doing their thing. So, so I'm thinking, well, okay, that's possible. It might have been useful to show them doing that the first time, but but there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, because if you think about it, no one in you know in the reality of the film, they're not setting mm. out to make a found footage thing. They're setting out to make a a documentary. Indeed. Um, so you know they're not just somewhat it's like there there has to be a reality behind like a convincing and compelling reality behind mm. the the project that ends up being being found footage yeah um, exactly which which weirdly i mean it's it's actually not really because no well, that's right it's going to be because a, it's, it's because they're not all i don't want to be spoilery again i suppose you can edit this yeah. but um you know they didn't have to we no one had to find the footage really exactly so 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 this is one of the this is one area that a lot of found footage in inverted commas go wrong, is the question of how are we watching this footage? Who yeah. who found it? How is it being presented to us as an audience? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, um, and that's where, that's where a lot of lot of things go wrong. Um, but this, it's it's not necessarily found footage. It's being presented to us as a proper do- documentary. Yeah, you know yeah. We, that includes the the footage that you know some of the footage yeah. they shot, um, which which gives it a lot more sort of authenticity and it takes away that sort of like you know that that sort of doubt mm. about what you're actually sort of watching. It's like because because normally I'm watching found footage. If I saw something like, well, there's all the principal characters in the film all in one shot. How are we seeing that? You, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Or or something like in. Um, Oh, the Blair Witch sequel, um, which is just called Blair Witch. Um, that you know they, they've edited the footage together. It says at the beginning we've taken all the footage we've edited together, you know. Yeah. And and this this footage of like um, the camera just like 
peeking out the window of the car as it drives past them going yeah, why did shot? you include this why well no just why did you include this in the film because it's shot from inside of the car looking out but that's literally all it is it is like two minutes of footage of just i'm thinking really you, you've edited this together and you thought that was pertinent to your story <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, not yeah. this story. I mean, that's, this is it, isn't it? Because it's yeah. like, you know, it, it, to be to work, it has to be real, like mm. verite, doesn't it? It has to be like, it has to be real. And if someone's like found, oh, we found this footage from this mysterious, you know, th- th- there's a load of people, you know, missing mm. and dead. You're not going to, you you, you wouldn't as a, as a kind of editorial filmmaker be really going to town on on that kind of stuff on, because it, yeah, would be exactly. disrespe- it would be kind of a bit disrespectful to what you're actually trying to present. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Just sort of make a big song and dance about, you know, mise-en-scene or whatever. Like, yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, need, we, need, we need to set up the ambulance, you know. We need, we need all this. Sort of no, stuff. you don't. You're, you're, presenting, you're presenting, like, the last, you know, the last yeah. known footage of these when these people were seen alive kind of thing, not trying to get an Oscar for best editing mm. and cinematography. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, we are watching a movie. Indeed, yeah. Now, and, and speaking of, Going back to the whole thing with the mobile phone, um, it sets up two things. The whole thing with the mobile phone, you know, beeping, beep, you know, two mm. two things. It, it forces or it, it, it uh, compels one of the characters to force everyone to hand over their mobile phones. How? I take issue with that. Mm. So, so all the mobile phones go into the um, the audio guy's bag. <laughs> Did nothing strike you about that as being of a course. little bit oh, As soon more... as it happened, as soon as it happened, I knew the audio guy was not going to be around too long. Or, yeah, you, know, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, yeah, yeah hand, hand, up, hand over all your um, all your automatic um, rifle clips yeah. 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 <laughs> to, yeah, to, to the one deck. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The... Give him all your and uh, yeah. smart gun connectors. Right, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. What were, they, what were these guns called? Pulse rifles? Pulse rifles, that's Pulse it. Rifles. Yeah, give give, yeah. give him all your yeah. give, and smart. Yeah, the, big, yeah, you can't, you can't yeah. be shooting down here. You blow up the reactor. Give all your give all your ammunition to one guy. Why? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant plan. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, so we, we disabled any, any chance of getting help because nobody's yeah. going to have a mobile. Um, the other thing it does is it makes us recognize his mobile ring. You know, um, yeah, it's, it's telephone ring, and that becomes an important point later on in the film. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so from that point of view, it's it, it's an interesting setup, or half an interesting setup, and half a really obvious one. It's just um, jarring because it's like they're not four; they can be trusted to turn their phones off, so they don't. You think so? Yeah, every, yeah, just like show, show me, show, show me you've turned your phone off. Okay, you should, you turn it yeah. off. Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So mute now. Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's all you need. You don't need to hand it over. I'm, I'm surprised nobody kicked up a fuss. <laughs> I don't what think I'm going to do that. My phone? No. <laughs> Jesus. Cool. It's, like, it's like losing a limb. Yeah. <laughs> I've left my phone in the car before, and I'm like, I don't know what Panicking. to do with myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, I've, you know, when I was working on site, and I'd walk into the office, and I'd go, oh, crap, I've left my phone in, the, in, in my car, which is, you know, 500 yards in the car park. I've actually gone back to get it immediately. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. not gonna. I'm not gonna spend <laughs> half. I'm not gonna spend half a day without my phone. How dare! You? And that's the, and that's that's in a you know a nice yeah. climate control office. And, exactly. Not in and the these people, Swedish and these forest. people are, are media professionals. They, you know, their yeah. phone should be like stuck to their hand. Compl- you know, 
exactly. And they should, be trusted, they should be trusted to know how to operate it <laughs> in a, while, while they're trying to shoot a, a quite sensitive documentary. Indeed. Yeah, exactly. You'd think so. But anyway, so, so that's the mobile phone issue. Obviously, yeah, we've both got issues there. Um, but the rest of it, I think, you know, for, for the most part, it works really well. It, it does build in this sort of nice um, sort of mystery. We get some weird carvings on rocks and things. Um, we, we finally find, find the pram that they were looking for in a very unusual position. Um, and, and then, you know, they eventually sort of find this house. And what, what I liked about this, not, not only the sort of scary bits, but, but the world building that came mm. with it, because mm. all of a sudden we're in like, I don't know, sort of like corporate um, mm. Resident Evil sort of territory. Yeah, yeah. You know definitely. what I mean? There's a sort of element absolutely. of like an um, umbrella core sort of going on of, um, you know, what what what's really going on. And, yeah. you know, when, when they find the, um, you know, the other video camera and sort of learn, they're not exactly the first people to come through here sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that, and there's, the, the thing about this is there is a lot of really interesting, nice little um, mm. clues. Um, that Because that, know, that, that was the other to... thing as well, is that they're carrying mobile antennas with them so they could live stream. Yeah. And, and yeah. You're, thinking, you're thinking, why would you need to live stream this, you know? Yeah. It, and it, that, it, was it quite, that was quite an interesting point because when things started going, when, you know, when the, when the, the kind of, the, the 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 horror stuff started mm. getting into into really high gear. Mm. It actually took them quite a while to sort of um, remember that actually people are watching all of this. Yeah, and that's right. you know why is why is no one kind of sending any kind of help? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know, yeah, to, because like they and it, I the thing is that didn't twig with me mm. um, either. But then it's just another layer of the of the story. Yeah, you know, like like you said. That's, a, that's that's the thing I liked about it as well is that you can actually see the thought process of these sort of corporate people. Yeah. It's like you know they send in eighteen, um, things go wrong, they don't get the footage they're they're after, so they send in another team with live streaming equipment. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if they don't actually get the physical bit; they can see yeah. down, you know, which was really really interesting and um, well thought out. I thought. It's, um, it's I mean, I spent the, the funny thing is I spent um, a lot of time in this in this because of well, basically purely because of the um the mobile phone thing mm. uh oh and there's 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 i mean obviously this is a for me a foreign language film it's you know it's swedish with with subtitles mm -hmm. and there was a, a couple of times when i was like you know is this the original script or the the translation but it was just mm -hmm. jarred a bit because like the um the news reports that you watch because you're seeing like news reports from you know this Swedish yeah. news at, at, the, at the time um, about the original disappearance and stuff, and and the, the the way that the way that they're sort of talking about like the you know the invest the police investigation and then just and then just the, the kind of pieces to camera mm. just come just come over a bit weird. They're not they just don't sound one hundred percent right. And it's like, well, obviously I don't watch Swedish news and TV because I, <laughs> I don't live in Sweden. I don't speak it. Yeah, they get the impression. Sure. Yeah, to get the impression also. That nobody loses their temper in Sweden. Oh yeah, it's incredibly kind <laughs> yeah. of yeah. No, because they certainly they have to be things have to be really out of control for them to. But it wasn't. It was just yeah. It just seemed like a thing. Everyone's very calm. Mm. <laughs> very very calm, calm. Very, really really calm until they're not. 
But yeah, you, know, you, you think any, you know, if it was an American uh, thing, you know, or something like even like Blair Witch, you know, they, they'd have lost their shit a lot earlier. Oh yeah, yeah, no, the hysteria, set in, the, the, the hysteria set in well early on that. Yeah, because yeah. that, that Blair Witch sequel, I actually really like. I prefer it. The, the original's brilliant. But mm. That sequel's really good. I really enjoyed it. There's there's yeah. two sequels. There's the Book of Shadows, which I haven't seen, which is which is actually set in the world where the Blair Witch film happened, which oh, is interesting, okay. which I haven't seen. It's supposed to be quite good. But then there's the other one, which I didn't like because it it, it came across as just like um, a 90-minute advert for GoPro cameras. Uh, I see a point <laughs> on that, actually, to be fair, yeah. But, but I thought I thought it was quite good. It was like I, I got I, I've got issues with that one. I'll talk, right. talk about it later. But um, yeah, for another, okay. for another for another show for another day. Yeah. So this one reportage. Um, how are you going to score it, Will? Sure. To be fair, um, you can probably tell I'm going to give it quite a high score because I'd be happy to talk about it a lot longer. Although we're heading deep into spoiler. Territory. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just, just cut us off before we go too too deep. Yeah. Into no. it's, a, it's, a, it's a damn good film, and I want to. I would run. I would want to recommend it. It's definitely, um, to my mind, it's, I'd say it's at least. I'd say it's at least an eight. It's an eight. It's a solid eight from me. Yeah. I don't. That's what I'm going to go give it. Yeah. Definitely yeah. two eights. Two eights for reportage. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Dead End. A contract killer is sent from London to Hong Kong on an assignment with a younger hitman, but their plans are derailed when the seasoned killer's past leaves both men questioning their motives. Um, Okay, so this stars and was written by uh, Brian Larkin. who is a very interesting actor. Uh, he was he was the bad guy in um, a film called Chasing the Dragon with Donnie Yen and um, Andy Lau, where he played this sort of really sort of like um, brutish British constable. Um, and he was absolutely brilliant in that. It's, it's one of those roles where, you know, we, we get a lot of guys out in Hong Kong, sort of British actors, um, Try to make their mark and not being particularly good, but then, then every now and again you get someone like Darren Shalavi, mm-hmm. you know, make, making a big impression, and and so did um, Brian in in that particular film. Uh, he's also the SAS captain in um, uh, London has fallen, London has fallen. Um, and and you know he was in the first I Am Vengeance film for for Ross Boyas, as, as we know. Um, and, and here he is in a, in a very handsomely produced film that he he, he wrote. Um, I, th- I think you know this looks top end, um, you know, really well directed, um, good locations all the way through this film. You know, both in London and Hong Kong, uh, with, with a really strong uh, storyline. Uh, we we saw this quite a few years ago now in the Fighting Spirit Film Festival, and we've both been kind of waiting for it to come out. Um, Since 2018. 2018, that's right. Because this was made in 2017, and uh, we saw it at the 2018 festival. Yeah. So um, is it as good as you remember it, Rich? It is, yeah. I still think, you know, it's definitely a cut above uh, the, you know, some of the other... I mean, in terms of the international aspects of it, you know, that you get those great... um, 
cityscapes, which mm. I believe it's all shot on location. I think yeah. you know that you could say that's like stock footage or something, but it's I think it is all doesn't look at it. No, uh, yeah. I think it's all been shot for the movie. Uh, and you mentioned Chasing the Dragon. I think he made this as a mm. side project while he was making because uh, they both they were both they were both 2017. Yeah. So he would have been over there at the time. So the film has been uh, shot at different times. So you got you've got Brian in some scenes where he's got a beard and some scenes mm. where he hasn't got a beard and stuff. So you get to get to see different sides of him. And the, there are scenes shot in London, say Hong Kong, and then the, so it's very international. So there's a there's a lot of production value and a lot of scale, you know, to it. And it's you know it's a short story. I think it's less than twenty minutes. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was it was the yeah nineteen minutes and uh, yeah directed by Carter Ferguson. The interesting thing for me watching it. Uh, so many years later is uh, this week I also watched uh, the film Vixen in which uh, Brian Larkin and uh, Julian G uh, Gartner also appeared mm. All right, and that was a full length feature and it just looks cheap rubbish compared to this right. you know it's just like this is and you know the quality of the action and everything basically everything about uh, this movie is you know this little 20 minute film is just so superior to that hour and a half, you know, diehard knockoff um, film that I was really looking forward to, but was terrible. But I was uh, on the, on another fighting spirit note. I, one of the other reasons that I really wanted to see it was uh, Max Rapossi. Uh, oh who, yeah, uh, yeah. Who was at the uh, was at the fighting spirit festival and you know, passed away died, yeah. and and had was paid tribute in the uh, twenty was it twenty twenty one festival? Yeah. yeah. So uh, good to finally see that. Uh, for for him in in there, but again, you know, just, Dead End is just so much better uh, mm -hmm. in in all re in all respects, and it's free. You know, you can just watch it on uh, YouTube. It's the first they this led on to two other films. So yep. uh, Brian directed the second one, and then Ross Boyask did the third. The third I still haven't seen. Yeah, same um, here. Yeah, but uh, you know, I can I can only anticipate that they you know bring the same level. I mean, Dead End two, you know, continued the the story and had the same kind of aesthetic yeah uh, and brian did well with that and i, I expect ross uh, ross has built on that as well but i believe it's quite a different story the third one but mm -hmm. focusing on this one um yeah so it's it's you it's got voiceover narration and stuff which can be a bit annoying but i think brian's just got such a great voice he has got such a great voice. yeah if, if but, you you know he's he's up there with the likes of morgan freeman you know if, if you're list he you know if you wanted someone to narrate your sort of documentary or, or audio book or something, he's the sort of guy you want. Yeah. Because he's, he's such he a listenable voice, you know. Oh. It's a great Scottish accent. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I'm not sure, does he use, is he always, I mean, I haven't seen many, I've got a couple, a couple of his films that I need to watch, but mm. um, in Chasing the Dragon stuff, is, is he using his natural accent in that or is he playing, because sometimes they get, I, they get <laughs> a Scottish or a Brit I, I, to play in yeah, America. I, I, I made a horrible, mistake because i talked to him about about it when i saw him uh, because he's he's got a proper you know english accent in in um uh chasing the dragon oh, okay. and, and, and he was right. he was dubbed basically oh because because you know it, it it's one of those filming places you know like like india and in italy where the sort of background noise is just too much they, they just yeah, yeah. dub everything 
you know, and I'd forgotten that when I was like, oh, you, you must be good at accents, Brian. <laughs> and he's like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, but even so, even though his voice was dubbed, he's brilliant in it. Um, you know, it's it's one of those great sort of British guys going over to Hong Kong and, and making a mark kind of roles. But um, yes, and even in, um, I can't remember in, in um, London has fallen if he's got a Scottish accent or a British accent. Yeah, and I saw it quite I recently as well. I can't remember. I have to have a little bit of a look. But, uh, but even but so, yeah, it's yeah, been well you know, worth the wait yeah. to see it, you know, to finally see it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it didn't disappoint. And uh, I, I, I can't, I'm hoping that part the two, two will, parts be will come out not, soon, not yeah. too far away and uh, you know, yeah. finally get to see, finally get to see the third. Yeah, and on that note, uh, we don't score these shorts, but we'd certainly recommend them. And you will find the link to this one. It's on Vimeo. You'll find the link in the footnotes below. Please go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is Outpost Black Sun. A gutsy Nazi hunter called Helena is trying to locate a notorious Nazi scientist called Klausner and tracks his location to a mysterious bunker situated in the middle of a war-torn part of Europe. Um, This is the sequel to Outpost, which starred uh, Ray Stevenson, a film I very much enjoyed. Um, I actually like this one better, though, Rich. I, um, I, I actually think this has got better production values I, me too. That that re- that was one of the things that really surprised me when I watched it. I was thinking I was expecting because uh, Outpost, Ray Stevenson, two thousand eight, I think it was, mm. was a cinema release movie, but it was mm. low budget, and it yeah. was kind of it was kind of like a, um, a a variation on like an Event Horizon kind of scenario, uh, yeah. if I recall something like that. And I I really liked it, and I'd, I'd I'd always really wanted to see the sequel, but I never got around to it. Mm. now but i'd always thought it was going to be low budget dtv sequel kind of thing i know it's a film with like you say real production value it looks yeah. bigger and more expensive absolutely uh, unless, yeah, I'm re- got... unless i'm misremembering because it's been a long no, time no. but i remember the first one being very down to earth and sort of whereas this one's got you know plenty of you know it's not like there's uh we watched bunker 717 recently that's right yeah and it wasn't like we had one nazi zombie kind of you know, monster creature. Mm. We got loads of them. In. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a whole, there is literally an army of them, and it's all very, very good uh, prosthetics and 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 mm-hmm. makeup and stuff going on. So yeah, right, right from the out, right from the outpost. I didn't mean to say that, but right from the outset, um, I was thinking, wow, this is this is quite an impressive film. I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting it to be this. Standard. It is the same director, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Barker, and. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, that I, I, I'll, I'll let you sort of expound on your mm. on your your thoughts a bit more. But I will say, uh, just that initial impression was uh, was good, and the film kind of from there uh, it didn't disappoint me really. Yeah, so uh, as, as I said, you know, we've got this character Helena. Um, when we first meet her, she's uh, I think somewhere in Argentina or something, and, and meeting this this doctor. Uh, she pretends to be his. Her, um, his niece to get close enough, but then all of a sudden she's like breaking his fingers and and, mm-hmm, yeah. and stuff. And we find out no, actually she's she's uh, you know a Nazi hunter trying try to track down these um, people who have escaped justice for for far too long. 
it's um, reminding me of a, it's kind of kind of a short film kind of feel to it because mm. i've seen quite a few short films about sort of nazi hunters and, mm. and stuff like that and it did uh, it, it it certainly sort of played that kind of prologue kind of thing and i thought that worked really well and that's where you get that's where i first got the impression of oh this is this is this looks really good yeah it's really well shot and the performances are really interesting and and stuff and yeah that's where all the sort of the groundwork is laid for the sort of the the story that's going to take place yeah so 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 she ends up heading towards what well, i i'm assuming it's the same bunker that was in i I, I assume so as well. Yeah, yes. in the, in the first re film. Returning to the same location. Yeah, from the because first film. There, there is mention of, you know, um, there's, there's a really great scene where we have this other Nazi guy um, who's sent people, in, you know, he sent like Spetsnaz guys or something into, into this area. And they make a point of sort of saying, oh, we, you know, we can't find anyone from your previous group. Who'd gone in there? Yeah. He just, you know, just fresh blood, or something, which, which I'm assuming was a reference to what had happened in the first film. But even that scene, I thought was great. You know, just that sort of control room where they're sort of like watching the monitors of everything. Mm -hmm. Just really well done. I thought, I thought it was um, great. Um, then, you know, alongside uh, Catherine Stedman, who's our main character, Helena, we, we also get uh, Richard Coyle. Who yes. I, I, when, when I when I first saw this, I'd, I'd just seen him in something recently as well. Um, I'm just going to see if I remember what it was. You could easily confuse him with Martin Sheen, Mar not Martin Sheen, Mar Michael Sheen. Mar yeah. he's got a, he's got a very yeah. Michael Sheen kind of look. But yeah, Coyle has been around for ages, and I wasn't. Oh, grabbers! Again, him being yeah. in this again sort of quite elevates it because you think, mm. wow, okay, so Richard Coyle's in this. Uh, unfortunately, right. they've got him doing an American accent, which he's fine, yeah. but I I would rather. He wasn't, but Irish uh, or something, yeah, yeah. So, so he, yeah, he was in Grabbers, which I thought was a really good. Um, that's I've always wanted to see that. Yeah, I'm, one. I'm yeah, see, yeah. That, was, that was a good one. Um, but yeah, he he's really good in this. Is this sort of um, almost it, almost like a sort of renegade scientist, sort of like trying to track down this sort of Nazi technology? Um, it's kind of, it's one of those. Of. It's one of those. The two characters, male female, team up mm. to go and investigate and find something, and then they team up with the. So mm. it, it's it's got that kind of uh, classic sort of sci-fi horror kind of setup to it, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, the, the, as you mentioned you know we mentioned the production design already. The production values, mm. you know, they, yeah. they they bear this out basically. So so it it's got enough budget to sort of convey, you know, the, this sort of element. You know, this sort of a um, sort of life giving machine. Kind of, kind of thing that, that that's been built within this this bunker. Um, yeah, I, I I just thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought it was really really good. So we've got Julian Wadham returning from the first one as Hunt. Now, mm. do you know which character Hunt is? Because I'm mm. not sure. Was he the was he one of the was he the uh, was he one of the Nazis or was I think he's the Nazi who's like controlling everything. Uh huh. Yeah, because I've got to be honest, I'm not very he's, good with characters. He's sort of, yeah, he's sort of <laughs> at the beginning and the end, you know, because they, they mention him again, sort of towards the end, mm -hmm. uh, in that sort of epilogue scene that we get. Okay. Uh, yeah, and oh, that's so good. Yeah, sort of jumping ahead a bit, but I thought the end was great. It was one mm -hmm. of those really great sort of setup endings where I was like, yes, 
bring it on <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, right. and then i looked it up i looked up because there is a third film and i looked it, it up and, and, it, and it's yeah. not a continuation whatsoever it's not. it's it's, it's is, a real and, step down unfortunately and, 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 and com by complete coincidence it start the star of the movie is brian larkin <laughs> <laughs> is but, it um, I, I believe, I, I, wait yeah. he's definitely in it i think he's the main character but the so um, long I, I yeah i can't even remember if i watched the whole it's thing. not made by it's not made by um steve parker yeah the third one which is a subtitle rise i think it's like a russian thing the third one it's sort of russian yeah it's directed by kieran parker who i'm presuming is a relation but uh it's yeah i do want to I, I i do want to see it but i was just mm. i at the end of this movie i sort of went oh rich is richard coyle in the you know um you know or whoever is any yeah. of the characters going to be in the next one? And uh, uh, the uh, cast look completely new. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's a bit disappointing. Um, it is. There's such okay. a great setup. It's a Red Army. Is it called Red Army or something like that? The third one? What? Uh, Rise of the Spetsnats. That's right. Yeah. And, yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't enjoy it as much, that one, unfortunately. Yeah, I but think this, this is that solid. one, because this was shot in Scotland, I believe, a lot, a lot of it, and the same as um, the first one. But I don't know if the third one was. But anyway, we're not. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to dwell too much on the, mm -hmm. going into what, what the one, which I haven't yet. seen, what might be. Um, but the, yeah, the, this, uh, so who, what, what have we got? So it's the same writer, I think, as the third, as the third one, probably the first one as well. Um, but yeah, the, the main characters are good. The character development's really good. The, you know, they team up with a bunch of, can they be trusted kind of mercenary characters. Ooh. That all works really well. There's, you know, there's attrition along the way or you know there's various fatalities but them and the attacks are you know the big and brutal uh really well well played there's a there's a couple of scenes with some dodgy visual effects which i wasn't quite sh mm -hmm. sure about there's a, a bit towards the end but the production design you know it was, you know of, of some of the set sets some of the sets i just thought worked really well is it was it was it um did they build it or was it just sort of clever yeah, yeah effects or matte, not matte paintings but you know what i'm saying is that have they mm. built it in a computer or something but it looked looked pretty convincing to me uh yeah i was i was really impressed i i thought this is definitely a film that i would you know revisit and watch and try and de delve a little bit deeper into into getting to know the character you know familiar you yeah, know like yeah. a like a John Carpenter movie or something that I really like, you know, I was just go, go back and say, oh, I want to, yeah, I want exactly, to, yeah. I want to watch this again and sort of, sort of go through this story. And and uh, mm -hmm. I thought they they did the the whole set, the whole thing has worked out really well. And it does again make me want to revisit the original. But I do remember the original being as good as it was. I do remember it being uh, a a very modestly budgeted film. And this yep. looks this looks like a theatrical if 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 the, they'd almost need to be flipped because this one yeah. looks like the one that should have been on a cinema screen whereas the first exactly. one didn't yeah. so and and this and this was a dtv and uh you know find it on freebie kind of mm -hmm. movie yes yeah, so so you can find this one on um as, as rich said uh, freebie which is the uh sort of free to view service from amazon um do, do you actually need an amazon account or not to view this don't know uh, no, well, you you mean you have to have a. Uh, I don't know if you have to be logged in, but uh, you, you, I mean it's definitely watched via Amazon. Uh, another interesting thing that I've just noticed in the credits of this film mm. is the director of Dead End, Carter Ferguson, is in it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's com that's, that's a, complete coincidence. Uh, we, yeah, we didn't absolutely. we didn't plan that at all. But that's <laughs> quite fun. Yeah. Uh, we we certainly recommend you check this film. Uh, as we said, it's on freebie. 
in in the UK. Um, probably free v. Some other free free v or free b. V free v v, v. free v. Um, yep. Uh, go check it out. It's definitely worth your time. Uh, and on that note, um, that is the end of this week's show. Thanks to Rich and Will for joining me and talking about some very interesting films. Um, go check them out. All the trailers will be in the footnotes below, um, as well as the link to Dead End. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.